Hello and welcome to Women of Substance. One of my very favorite people is here with me today. I'm not a woman. (laughs) No, he's all man. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) But he knows a lot about the word and he knows a lot about well, you have a wonderful mother. And I you do. Have a great sister. I do. And he has a, a wife now here, me. <laughs> so, uh, the best wife oh, ever. So, um, and what we and we both have wonderful children and grandchildren. And... Yes, yes, we do. Praise the Lord. So, um, we just want to encourage you today, and we're going to share some, I believe, some. Uh, principles that are good for sharing at the first of the year. Yes. So that you can set some goals and achievements for the year for yourself and maybe for your ministry or your business and get going on what God has for you because he has great things. He has more than we could even really imagine. Absolutely. And, you know, I think too that, um, of course, it's, you know, as you're saying, it's a good to lay out uh, your your plans, your vision, what you see for the future um, uh, in the first of the year, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's good anytime. I mean, That's true. you know, you can start. It's never, if you've got breath, it's never too late to start That's casting right. a vision for your life. And um, um, we'll just get right into this. You know, the, the Bible says that, uh, Without a vision, people perish. And I thought about that. Without a vision, a church will perish. Without a vision, a ministry will die. Without a vision, uh, even a marriage or a family uh, mm-hmm. unit can can be disrupted. Yeah. Um, everything um, that's going to have life to it, if there if there is life, it's 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 got to have a vision. It's got to have a future. It's got to have. Um, plans for not only today but tomorrow and and beyond and uh, i thought i've just this just kind of this morning been on my my mind and heart about that without a vision people perish and then the bible tells us to write the vision Mm -hmm. make it plain don't be so complicated with it that you know sometimes i think we believe we've got to know every detail and nook and cranny so to speak of yeah. the of the vision and every little tiny part and i think the more that you can dream and 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 uh envision mm-hmm. uh f- the, those things that's fine shot them down but when it comes to other people um the bible says make it plain in other right. words just real simple uh what it is what is it that you're going to accomplish and We've talked about this with with singing and music. If um, the songs that seem to endure and you know become very popular are the ones that are easy to sing. Isn't they, that the truth? Yeah, they're easy to sing. You can remember mm-hmm. the words. Um, you 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 can. They're not so intricate and detailed. But uh, now it's different if you're going to go to a concert. Let's say you know like a classical concert. Uh, you're talking intricate and, and, oh, and yeah. detailed, you know, I mean, a symphony that's been written or whatever mm-hmm. is, uh, is sometimes gets very complicated yeah. and very involved. But also I'm going to say this about those works uh, is 
usually you don't you're just not going around singing those no <laughs> Beethoven's ninth or whatever you know you're just not doing it it's and, more like our god reigns or yeah our god is an awesome god well i think amazing grace has has been popular yes, for hymns. centuries because it's so easily sung mm -hmm. you can remember the words to almost all the verses and sure and um you know, or little choruses, he is Lord, something like that. I know mm -hmm. that's dates us probably of if you're under 50, you're thinking, <laughs> oh my God, they need to get out more. But um, <laughs> I'm proving my point is that um, the, the, the song, you know, if it's easily sung, mm -hmm. then it, it, others can sing with you. Yes. So think about that when you're, when you're writing your vision, if you mm -hmm. if you need uh, other people, I mean, parts of our vision are can be self fulfilling, but then there it it becomes bigger than me. It becomes yes. bigger than you. It becomes bigger than just our little group or whatever. It's bigger than that, and so uh, we need other people to get on board mm -hmm. and to run with our vision. Yeah, and. Uh, Again, make it plain. Yeah. Uh, I love the make it plain. I think we skip over that. We talk about mm -hmm. writing it down, but make it plain. In other words, make it simple. Make it right. easy, easily explained and 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 understood, so that the next person they can um, um, communicate that vision to the next person, and on and on and on. Sure. Yeah. And um, so. If we're saying we're going to build a new building, we don't necessarily have to uh, explain the electrical grid and the plumbing mm -hmm. plan and the right <laughs> the foundation and the <laughs> air conditioning and heat units and where they're going. You know, and I've been with those people that explain all that to you, and you know, you're going, I'm gonna just pass out here, you know, from <laughs> overload of information. That, in other words, they're not making it plain. I can't communicate it. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I just want to want to want to talk about that. Um, every book that I have read, and I know that you have read also, um, that talks about um, vision casting and uh, mission mm -hmm. um, mission statement, and yes. the vision that supports that mission statement. Every book that I have ever read supports that scripture um about writing it down and making it plain because every writer that has again written on the subject mm -hmm. tells you the same thing yeah write it down yeah put it on a piece of paper put it on a three by five card put it in a notebook put it on a vision board to get it to where you can read it and yeah. look at it and um where people other people some of it's private, but some of it's public. That's where right. you make it known. Mm -hmm. And um, if you never write it down, it, it it it's almost like it doesn't exist. Right. Like legal stuff. They sure. say, do you have a contract? Do you mm -hmm. have paper? Do you have you have it in a writing. napkin that you wrote and signed or whatever? Yeah. Anything you know, anything in writing, it becomes real. If it's just verbalized. We need to have a confession, and we need to repeat and say. But I tell you, there's nothing more powerful than 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 writing it, mm -hmm. and then reading it, and then saying it out loud. Yeah. And then you've got it happening, you know, on in three areas. It's sure. really good. Okay, that's I it. Agree with Bye. That. I'm done. <laughs>
<laughs> I think that, um, you know, God knew that. And that's why he had the, the word written. Yeah. Uh, the written word. And how very powerful it is to have that. Yes. Written word of yes. God. And uh, I just, well, I thank God for that. But I think that we can take lessons from how God operates yes. by faith. And one of the things he does and did was write really a vision for our life. Yes. What our life is supposed to look like. And and um, I think we do discount the power of, of writing. It's just, you know, I, I know in my own life, I get more accomplished in the mornings if I write a list of what I have to do that day. Yes. And it doesn't take long. No. But I'm telling you, I when I do that and when I don't do that, it makes a big difference in my day. I get a lot more accomplished yes. and I feel more fulfilled when I can check things off yeah, that sure. list. So um, just in a daily routine, it's nice also. But why wouldn't we want to do that for, uh, like you said, our future? You know, that is so important. And, um, you know, to have a picture of your desired future and to start writing that. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you got to watch. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Send your hate letters to <laughs> Shannon Crowley. <laughs> She's our producer. Send it to her, not me. But anyway, um, I, there's Christian cliches that are actually opposite of the word of God. Mm -hmm. And people love them. I mean, you know, in the evangelical world, we just love what I call bookstore sayings that end up on a plaque with a and they put a butterfly on there and a, a, a rose and everything. And, yeah. and it doesn't make it any better. Right. You know, and uh, it's like walking out into a cow pasture full of cow patties. Mm -hmm. You know what those are? Yeah. And uh, spreading, you know, rose petals on top of it. It doesn't make it any better. Right. And so that's pretty rough, but I, mm -hmm. I, that's what I mean. I'm sure. trying to communicate here what I'm saying. Yeah. But one of the one of the things that I've read and people just love this. They love it. It's like, you know, um something about uh, demonstrate the gospel only when necessary use words. That's anti scripture. Mm -hmm. That's anti great commission. The Bible says, I mean, I know it's 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 sweet and gooey and all that, you know, and sure. yes, uh, um you know we should live the live we should walk the what is it not only talk the talk but walk the walk i get that mm -hmm. you know and we need to live and demonstrate uh christianity and benevolence and love and peace and all those things you know yeah. um in front of people but on the other hand the jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel yeah. to every creature and that mean preach means proclaim mm -hmm. you know with great passion and it doesn't even say talk it or i've heard people say whisper it uh, uh stop yeah. uh, in in the name of jesus with right. rewriting what jesus said yeah he didn't say whisper it he didn't say um just show love and show kindness he certainly did more than that right he did show love and kindness but he also proclaimed you know, the word of God. Yes, he did. Uh, uh, the, the, the will of the father. And he, he always was repeating his mission statement mm -hmm. and his vision. He would say, 
I must do the works, you know, while I stay and I must do what, you know, the father has sent me to do. Mm -hmm. And then he would proclaim what that is, you know. Yeah, he did. So he's an example of a vision uh, caster. We have uh, we have a couple of books that we could recommend to you to read if 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 you need to. I think you do need to. <laughs> I did. I did. By there's a writer named Lori Beth Jones, and she's uh, you know some evangelical writer, uh, not necessarily Pentecostal or charismatic, but you know they're they were not the we're not the only ones that maybe have some truth i don't know there might be others what do you think yeah i think so but uh <laughs> but uh she wrote a couple several books but the the great one is called the path and then the other one is jesus ceo and that's kind of what i was talking about there yeah. is that jesus showed us how mm-hmm. to form a mission form a uh statement form a vision um and then begin to execute steps to see that come to pass yeah but if you never start with if you don't even have vision um somebody said if you don't know where you're going anywhere will do yes so you just say well as long as i've heard people say well as long as my needs are met and i you know i got a roof over my head and breath well that's a pretty low level of expectation isn't it yes it is what is that about? It's sort of a false humility, isn't it? Probably so, yeah. I'm well, sorry, folks. I'm all fired up today. <laughs> this is what you get. Well, uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a vision, people cast off restraint. They well, lose focus. Mm. And, and and if you don't have a place, like you just said, that you you know you're going, it's like travel. If, you, if you're going to Atlanta yeah. from Tampa, then well you, you don't know, want to go south no and, and, and you, <laughs> you know you don't want to waste time it's a long right. trip so you want to put it in your gps and go directly yeah. the fastest right route here and so uh you follow those directions and um that way you don't lose focus yeah. and so uh without a vision people cast off restraint they just go anywhere do anything willy-nilly we say yeah okay. and um who was it mary Kay? Uh, from the cosmetic company she yeah. said most people uh, plan better for a vacation than they do their life wow isn't that the truth so uh it's you know and and i think sometimes it we feel like or maybe we've heard and maybe some sermons well whatever god wants you know that that yeah. kind of almost predestination type you know just whatever god wants to do with my life and i understand yielding to him but also we have to realize that his word has a lot in there for us and we have to take well, hold of the word mm-hmm. and uh, press toward the mark. He'll give you, um, I sometimes say he'll give you the big picture, Yeah. but then you have to sometimes be a, a part of the details. Yes. And I saw, you know, I don't mean to pick on preachers, but I saw, a minister post i mean i figure if you post on facebook you're fair game right so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've already put it you, out there. you put it out there <laughs> so this guy puts it out there you know picture of himself preaching in a quote that says something like um um you know don't don't have a plan for your life uh just follow the plan the lord has for you 
well, at first glance, that sounds kind of good and humble. And mm-hmm. there, there's, there's, a, there's some element of truth in it. But if you're not careful, you will become what we call just completely Calvinistic, where you're believing that uh, it doesn't, you know, um, in fact, I've read some of John Calvin's writings um, on, you know, his theology. And, and a lot of our, uh, what we call reformed theology is from John Calvin. So it wasn't like he was a hundred percent off, but yeah, uh, this predestination thing goes too far. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually, John Calvin actually wrote and said, "It's really like what what would be the highest level of of uh, piety or holiness before the Lord and yieldedness is that you don't even have a desire, you mm-hmm. don't have a plan, you don't have a desire, Lord. I don't even have a desire. Whatever you want for me." whether good or bad, whether sickness or health, whether poverty or prosperity, I'm good with it because I want to just be in your will. Almost to the point of view, even if it's not your will that I be saved, that's fine too. Mm. And so it's, it's so ridiculous yeah. and, and just really fault. It's doctrines of devils. If you ask right, me, yeah. I don't know what John Calvin was smoking that day that he wrote that, but and I don't mean to be unkind. If you're Christian Reformed or Presbyterian, I love you, but I'm just telling you, yeah, there's some stuff in there that is you. It's not scriptural. You can't find it, right? And uh, and if you get in an argument with a person like that, it will go. They'll start quoting um, theologians instead of the word, yeah. And so you know, okay, some theologians are smart, and others are demon possessed like anybody else but yeah. I, you know we're not gonna we're not gonna go by some theologian that you know ate the wrong mushrooms i'm just not gonna do it right um not when god said i set before you life and death yeah choose choose now if we didn't have a choice why would he tell us to choose well you know obviously it was god's will that hezekiah uh um die at a certain point and he turned his face towards is that yeah, right yeah uh, turned his face towards the wall and prayed and got 15 more years so That's you know right. he talked god into and then god was going to wipe out the jews with pestilence and yeah. whatever and moses interceded and that's right and then god was going to wipe out sodom and a- abraham interceded and then he just didn't go far enough and because yeah. I, I remember one minister saying, I believe that if he would have said, well, just for Lot and his bunch, yeah, he would have spared the city. Right. But he didn't. He stopped at 10 and there wasn't ten, I don't know, <laughs> eight of them or seven or whatever, however many there were. Oops. <laughs> About five. <laughs> okay, we got five. <laughs> it's true. But I'm just saying that um, we're going to go by the word and... Oh my, there's just so much in there about, um, you know, having, having a vision, um, and, and it seems to be limitless too. And that's what really I have been working on the last couple of years, because sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to really dream and to really imagine big, you know, greater than our, our experience, our education, or our background, our family of origin. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of get stuck in what our religion. We, yeah. Well, that's a big one too. What we grew up in and how we grew up. And then we think, well, we can 
maybe duplicate that, but we don't give ourselves to really dream and imagine yes. big. And um, God has laid it out so beautifully. I mean, whatsoever you ask in my name, it shall be done. And scriptures like your your scripture, Ephesians three twenty. Oh my! How powerful is that in the Amplified? <laughs> you should write that one down and memorize it. But I'm I'm telling you, uh, you know, it, it says infinitely beyond our highest. I mean, I've heard people in our own faith movement say. Well, God can't do more than your level of faith. And mm -hmm. it's like, yes, he can, because what he saved us, and it wasn't our faith that he saved us. Right. It was it, it was his will. It was he yeah. he said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Ephesians 3.20 says, um, infinitely beyond that. our highest, our highest, uh, I, I love this part, our highest prayers. Yeah, I'm going to read this. Yeah, Ephesians yeah, 3.20. Now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Super abundantly. Far over. Yeah, not just get by. And above all above that we all. dare ask yeah. or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Yes. So what that is, is a dare. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I am, I'm amazed at how much that would be a good sermon. Sometime is, uh, how God actually does challenge us in the word, just like, like prove, like on tithing, you know, in Malachi 310, you'll prove me here with, right. and that's a kind of a challenge. Like I'll, I'll prove, I'll prove, prove, you know, in other words, I'll prove to you that you won't go lacking. And then sure. um, on the, again, the Old Testament, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Mm -hmm. In other words, bring me what you think is the worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, God, spe we used to sing an old song, got any rivers you think are uncrossable, got any mountains you cannot tunnel through. God specializes in things thought impossible, mm -hmm. and he can do what no other power can do. So we sing that and shout and run the aisle and hoot and holler, but then it comes time to practice it, and it's like, well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I just don't know if the Lord will do that for me. He did it for Brother Roberts and Brother Hagen, but I don't know about me, you know. And it's like, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow, just... Uh, now, so another book that I could recommend is Andrew Womack's book on uh, Take the Limits Off God. Mm -hmm. You know, Take the Limits Off God. He talks about the children of Israel. The Bible says they limited the God of Israel. Yeah. You think, well, nobody can limit God. God can do everything he wants. Brother Hagin said he was preaching one time in an Assemblies of God church, and a, he, he was talking about these very things, and he said, you know, God— you know, God it will not violate his own word. He will not violate, you know, even your desire or faith or whatever. And this guy said, God can do anything he wants. God can do everything. Jesus can do everything. He says, well, if he can, why didn't he make you pay your tithes? <laughs> the guy was, he told off on him. He, he went under this pew, you know. I love that part. But anyway. Um, you, this is kind of a prove me scripture to me. Sure. It's like, 
well, Lord, you know, you're believing God. I mean, just on stuff you're believing God for is part of your vision too. You know, it's time for a new kitchen. It's time for a new dining room table. It's time. I mean, just mundane things right, like that. Yeah. It's time for a new car. You need a vacation this year. You don't see how you're going to be able to afford it. Right. Don't talk like that. Don't mm-hmm. say, well, we wanted to take the kids to Disney World, but I don't think we can afford it. Besides that, they've gone demonized. You know, I mean, I mean, pe- people are like crazy with negatives, you know. Yeah. It's like, so avoid the ride where they, you know, show you a devil. I don't know. Right. The um, The thing is that we we have to i, I um uh, my my good friend mark Brzee, um pastor in tulsa and and i believe a prophet and apostle you know all the things that they've built sure. worldwide yeah. mark and janet but mark Brzee uh used to say use things in your life like you need like we were talking about you know vacation money or uh a new table or, you know, mm-hmm. some carpet in your bedroom, whatever. Right. Use things like that that people would consider just mundane as target practice with your faith mm-hmm. so that when you, it comes time to believe God for new transportation equipment for your ministry or business or new uh, building for your church or your business or whatever, comes time to believe God for the bigger things yeah. that you will already know kind of the path to take to faith sure because you're practicing you've been practicing and he talks about how that when he first heard the message of confession that he put out his faith for a lincoln continental town car Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the biggest production car in america yeah and he said that he had to back up and start with uh, navy blue socks (laughs) so there's a whole story about navy blue socks but anyway it's very good. And Mark also talked about having faith for your future. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some things are immediate needs or you see them coming in the next few weeks or months or, or, or year. And then other things, um, it would be fine if it was fulfilled in three years or five years or 10 years. Again, just putting that down to say that in five years, I see myself, mm-hmm. yeah. blah, 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 whatever that is. Right, going here, doing this, having that, enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Um, by by saying that, you have your building vision right there. Yes, and that's it's not any more complicated than that. You it don't really have isn't. to spend nine thousand five hundred dollars on a vision casting weekend somewhere. No, um, if you want to knock yourself out, but it, they're going to sell you even more stuff before the end. <laughs> manuals and notebooks but you can make your own (laughs) sure and what i found too is if you really don't see yourself doing anything you know you're just kind of and you want to you know you want to have a vision but you just can't cut get a grip on it many times i have found at those times in my life i would find somebody who was doing something and i thought wow now i would really like to do what they're doing for the Lord, you know, yes. and, and that's kind of the path, yes. you know, well, you're not ever going to be exactly like somebody else, but you can let them inspire you to, uh, you know, there's women in ministry that I have uh, always looked up to and I've read their books oh, and I've listened yeah. to them. And some of them I've had the, uh, the 
fortunate, you know, blessing of meeting them and talking with them. But I've let them inspire me because I I could see myself doing some of the things that they were doing. Yes. So if you if you don't have a vision, sometimes if you just find a visionary, yeah, and find somebody with a vision, it really helps you kind of get started with um with that, don't you think? Yes. Um, you've uh, had great mentors and uh, fathers ab- in the faith. Absolutely. Some closer than others, mm-hmm. but you know, some people that are dead and gone, you could read about their, their read their biography or whatever yes. and, and almost mentor yourself through their, you know, through them. Yes. Um, definitely. but Andrew Womack was talking in the book about, um, you know, not limiting God or take the, take the limits off God, whatever mm-hmm. the title of it is. And um, he said, you know, he and his wife, he said, we actually had gotten to the place where we were pretty comfortable. He said, you know, we were just, we'd take the meetings that we were invited to go to and, mm-hmm. and we were, you know, we were paying our bills. We didn't have any debt and we, you know, we were doing pretty good, you know, and I thought, wow, this is easier than it used to be. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said, you know, you could do a lot more if you would take <laughs> the limits off and quit being satisfied with, you know, sort of mediocre in a yeah. way you know and uh, you know, every now and then he'd get in a bigger church or whatever yeah. but pretty much just you know out there on the highways and hedges as we yes. tour <laughs> we've all been on that and uh taking whatever would come and and then he he said andrew womack in the book said that the lord said you know you could you could have millions of dollars and you could uh not just a not just to be a millionaire, but mm-hmm. in other words, purposeful for the ministry. And, and he said, I, to, to, to build something. Well, long story short, he, you know, he, he figured that out mm-hmm. and he explains in the book, you know, how he did it. Yeah. That he actually got a building way bigger than he needed. Uh-huh. And then he took uh, masking tape and, and put walls up on on the floor you know a a grid on the floor Mm -hmm. and he says i would go over there and practice what it felt like to walk through that space and here's the auditorium and here's the Mm -hmm. the mail room and here's you know uh, media whatever and here's a studio and he said he would do that and it came to pass and at one point he built uh, like a 34 million dollar building um uh, the bible school the initial one you know it was like i think it was 34 million and he paid cash for it and um i mean and and if you've listened to andrew womack i mean he is absolutely just um unembellished i'll I'll say in the Mm -hmm. way that he presents things very down to earth as we would say very easy to listen to and um nothing sensational there He's not going to send you the gold cloth, green cloth, and blue cloth, and right. all that, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and water from the Jordan River, and oil from you know somebody's olive tree that the Apostle Paul slept under, or I don't, right. you know, some weird thing. Sure. He's he's um he's just you know really um, represents a very respectful ministry. Mm-hmm. And is, is is now I believe involved in helping to change the world through what what all that they've they've got. Um, it's funny, Brother Hagen talks about um, the early days of Rama, 
that he he started saying that he wanted to have a Bible training center, you know, to, to train yeah. ministers, uh, mm-hmm. specifically to train ministers. And he said, so I was, he says, my vision is about 50 students that um, come for a year and I, I just kind of pour into them my years of experience. And he was praying and uh, one of his board members and friends, Brother Norval Hayes, started prophesying. He said, I see a campus and I see thousands and I see this, <laughs> I see that, you know, big stuff. And uh, Brother Hagen said, no, 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 I don't want any of that. That's not what we're going to do. But I, I, I don't know, I guess Brother Hagen maybe probably had more in his heart than he was willing to say. But at any rate, the vision <laughs> came to pass. And it, now that what we saw the report the other day is like, is it over a hundred thousand graduates? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that'd be that's more than fifty. <laughs> it's it? touched the world. That's true. So praise God. We have a friend, pastor in uh, uh, Pastor Scott Webb in Birmingham. We were there uh, just uh, visiting in a service recently, and uh, they before we walked out to the sanctuary we were friends so we were invited to the back room a little bit to say hi and we we walked out um one of the uh, ushers handed us a little tiny book i mean it's just a little little notebook like you would just throw in your briefcase or purse to jot down things Mm -hmm. and had a little pen with it i think and whatever any paper and uh church logo on the front <laughs> but he said we've been using these we've had we bought them on purpose and handed them out um not just as a premium item you know the you know churches will our church uh has uh pens with the name of the church on it we we gave those out and sometimes there'll be a mug or something you know just like a gift for first time visitor but in this case, they didn't use it for that. They used it for vision casting and what mm-hmm. we're talking about today. Yeah. And he said, it's my goal, was it by the end of the year, mm-hmm. to have, There's he counted, there were 67 pages, I think. Is that right? It seems like that. Something like that. that. We'll say it's that. Anyway. It's probably that. A yeah. few pages. 67 pages, this little book. And they're not huge pages. It's not like eight and a half half by 11 you know big pieces of printing paper but i mean it's just a little small book and he said it is my goal by the end of the year to have to write down all of my desires and all of my you know vision things in this book and he says it can be big things and it can be little things it can be spiritual things it can be natural things yeah if i think of something and i think that would be nice to have um I guess that could include a go-kart. I don't know, whatever. You write it down in there and and then uh, you reread that and Mm -hmm. confess that. And he says, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how fast things come to pass. And I think he said some things are already manifesting. Yeah. And he said, nothing is too insignificant to write down. Or too big. Or too significant. Yeah, too too significant, right. Um, Which was interesting, I think, too, because we, we might think, well, that's not important to God, that little thing, like you said, a go-kart, that, what does that mean for, to God, you know, but I don't think God minds you having a go-kart if you want one, you know, it's just our minds limit God when we're, when we're 
thinking about that. And one of the things Pastor Scott Webb said was, I'm believing for a fence. Yeah, a and fence so he around put us. a fence in the little book, you know, and, and a gate. And gates. Um, and so. For uh, his home, for his property. Yeah. So then he challenged the congregation that morning, fill up this little book. Mm-hmm. Fill up your book. Well, I thought I'm going to take this challenge. So <laughs> I got home and I have six pages already written. Six. And I have a, a ways to go. You got think 61 about. pages to go. <laughs> but it makes you realize that maybe you're not thinking enough about what you're doing, what your life should look like, what your ministry, if you have a business, what it should look like. You know, sometimes we think too small. Well, I think religion, too, has made us almost feel, because sometimes I deal with this still, mm-hmm. even though I know the truth of God's will, Third John 2, you know, is the, yeah. his will in this area, but, um, religion makes us feel guilty for even, even desiring something beyond the norm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all right. If we're believing for rent, we're believing for the mortgage, we're believing to pay the power bill. We're believing for groceries and gas or insurance payment or whatever. That's okay. That's holy. Those are the holy things, (laughs) but anything beyond that, is you just being lustful and mm-hmm. and uh, who do you think you are and who do you think you're trying to be and you know that yeah. kind of thing comes at you if you're not careful if you share too much of what you're believing for to, with too many people they'll actually say those words to you well sure you're material you know who are we trying to be mm-hmm. i know that even at our local church you know we we every now and then we've had somebody say actually say that we were going to upgrade something or whatever, or we're going to, we're going to behave in this way, uh, a little, a little upgraded. And I actually had one person in particular who would say sometimes to me, and sometimes it would get back to me what was said, uh, well, I don't know who they think they're, we're trying to be here. You know, we're, we're, we know who we are. We're just this little church in the suburbs and you know, who do, who, what was pastor David trying to, do here you know mm-hmm. and um you got to watch that stuff it's demonic mm-hmm. it's it really it's is. against the will of god it's not it's not what god wants maybe you're uncomfortable with it but hey fine be uncomfortable yeah you yeah, know you have to get used to it because in, in heaven you're going to be walking on, on gold well it's like till osborne <laughs> said about that in heaven from pentecost and, and it's all right to have it in heaven. It's a sin to have it here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even the Lord's prayer says, thy will be, be done in, on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So is there going to, is it God's will in heaven to, to have cancer and be sick? No. Is it God's will in heaven to, to, to be broke and live on barely, what did Brother Reagan say? Barely get a long street right down next to Grumble Alley. Yeah. Is that God's will in heaven? No. And so we love to say, well, no, I get to heaven. I don't have a mansion. You know, that's all fine. But then when, you, you, when somebody gets it down here and I think they've lost their mind. I don't know. What do they, what do they need with a house that big? What do they need with a car that big? They're talking about an airplane. Oh my God, they've lost their minds, you know? And yeah. it's like, it's like, okay, stay limit. Here's a new book. How to put the limits on the God of Israel. You know, <laughs> I can show you how to do that. Mm. And um, boy, you know, we've got good practice at that one. Oh, yeah. In the name of 
Well, you know, he'll meet your needs. But beyond that, you just never know. Their head twists around when they're saying it, you know, <laughs> especially in the deep south, you know, where I'm from. I'll tell you one thing, you know, their head like starting to come off. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, um, you you know, we, we've got to, if, if our attitudes and our what we're saying doesn't line up with the word of God. We, that needs to be anathema to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we talk about sins of the flesh, a lot of, you know, like adultery and fornication and avoiding those things. And the Bible says, flee that and all those things, uh, you know, uh, other things that could be done in the flesh that are not helpful and not holy. Mm-hmm. So we all oh, we run from those things, especially again in Pentecost, boy, we just, you know, a holy life before the Lord, you know, and all that. But then when it comes to talking down in the mouth and sad and blue and broke and sick, that's all fine. Mm. And that should be as abhorrent. I wanted to use that word. <laughs> that should be as abhorrent to us as fornication or or yeah. or murder sure or theft or whatever yeah because jesus died and paid for it and if if he did that for us how ungrateful are we to say well that's yeah. not really what we need we don't need to prosper and be in health even yeah. as our soul prospers. Right. when he said i wish above all things that you prosper and be in health and so uh, i think that you know and it is a witness to the world uh, many times people um, look at like a really beautiful church yeah. and a, a you know a, a beautiful interior, and they come in and they think, "Wow, this is this is really really nice." Yeah. But so many times, I, I had a fashion show years ago at our church, and I invited this expert. She wasn't a Christian; she was a New Ager, but she was an expert in her field, and so I, I wanted to glean from her expertise. Yeah. And maybe witness a little bit too. <laughs> but anyway, so she came in the church and the first thing she said, David, was your church smells so good. She said, I've never wow. been in a church that smelled good. Wow. Never been in a church that smelled good. Well, because they don't, it's not a priority. I'm thinking, holy cow, what are we doing? Why are, why are we, you know, giving off this <laughs> awful impression to people? that might otherwise think, wow. Well, because there's an attitude of, well, it's just the church. Mm -hmm. Here's a lampshade with a hole in it. I can't use it at my house, pastor. I thought you could use it at the church or in the parsonage. (laughs) I grew up with that crap. I'm going to say it, crap. (laughs) There's another word, but we won't say it. (laughs) But we grew up with that stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. of, of, well, you know, this was say, why, why is that lampshade here in the parsonage? You know, well, you know, that was Sister Myrtle's and, uh, you know, the cat got a hold of it and shredded it. And, right. and so she thought y'all could use it at the parsonage. <laughs> yeah. No, really. Horrible. Horrible. Or here's a car for you to drive. It's got 900,000 miles on it and, yeah. you know, leaky seals and everything. And it, it catches on fire from time to time. Good and, luck. Right? Uh, we thought you could drive it. Tell them about the missionaries, what the missionaries were sent. Well, you know, if you go to the mission field, especially third third world, that's uh, politically incorrect, developing nations. 
I don't know what they're developing into, but they are developing apparently. But we go to do the, some of the developing nations mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you see mission groups, uh, even from uh, ministries that uh, preach prosperity. And for some reason, somebody had somebody decided somewhere in the universe that the girls and the women should wear long, you know, ugly <laughs> skirts that they would not wear anywhere. Uh, flat, ugly shoes and uh, hair in a knot and no makeup and mm -hmm. take off the jewelry and look humble. Right. And um, so I was in Haiti, which is the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere mm -hmm. and sometimes competes with other nations for the poorest in the world. And uh, it was at a very large event and uh, there that we were part of. And uh, the, the, the man that was uh, helping us put all that together, he said, I'm going to ask you a question. He finally felt comfortable enough to ask me. I said, yeah. He says, why do the American church groups, when they come and they come to our church services, why do they look so bad? Mm. And I said, well, I think they're trying to relate or whatever. He goes, we're not trying to relate to poverty, even though we've got poverty. Yeah. He said, we, he says, we have women that will carry their beautiful new shoes. Uh, they'll wear their old run over shoes to walk to this church. And when they get to the church, they take those off, put them in a little bag, and then they put on their good shoes oh, for the wow. service. Yeah. And he said, we are taught here. In Haiti, no matter how poor you are, you get something to wear to church. You 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 get a good shirt and yeah. a tie and a pair of pants and good shoes. And right. said uh, they're believing God for more and better. Then these Americans come and they look like, you know, they're about to die. Yeah, the and cat, the cat drug them in. <laughs> the cat drug them in, and they said we get insulted. It's like. Because I've asked them, do y'all wear that at your church at home? They go, oh, no. Well, why would you wear it to our church? Or, or you think we're, we don't deserve? Uh, our church doesn't deserve your best? Mm. It insulted them. Well, sure. It did not bless them. Right. They didn't say, oh, look at these Americans, how humble they really are. Yeah. They didn't. I told you I'm all fired up today. Well, it's you, true. You probably will never ask me on here again. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's horrible. Yeah. So, you know, when we've led teams at all, we've said, do not do that. Do not yeah. wear, do not bring your crappy, cruddy clothes Yeah. that you, you know, you're going to change the oil in the car and do right. not wear that. <laughs> Even traveling on the plane, do, we're not representing the Lord well at all with no. that stuff. And I don't know why the church, I'll tell you what. The the uh, Israelis and uh, Jewish people, they absolutely believe that it's God's will for them to prosper. Yes, they do. And um, for some reason, the church has decided to side in with poverty yeah. and lack as some kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. Yeah. I don't know what it's a thing of, what kind of a thing, but it's a thing. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it is. It's awful. It's just... It's uh, glorifying, it comes. really, the way the enemy wants you to live. Yes. Because he wants you to live broke, like you said a while ago. Sitting sick, broke. Sick, sick, and not do anything, and not going 
go anywhere and, and defeated and and certainly not to support your church he, he don't want you to have any money to support your church or outreach or mission trips and that sort of thing ooh, ooh, ooh. so i had a little splash of revelation here you know again the scripture about if, if there's not a vision there's death mm-hmm. i think about that about people who say, well, I need to find my purpose. I just think I can't really put my finger on my purpose or my giftings or whatever. I just don't know. And I'll tell you where you'll find your purpose is in the vision. Yeah. Start writing down a vision, even yeah. if it includes better buying better groceries or whatever, somewhere in the deep gods in the details, we say, yeah. and somewhere in your vision of, of uh, something for your home or a better home or Swimming pool in the backyard, what something in all that mm-hmm. is going to open doors for you, and you'll find yourself with a new job or some kind of thing, and you go, "Wow, this is exciting! I found my purpose." Yeah. And it, it's not like you got to know your purpose first and then try to steer the vision towards it. That's true. Get the vision going, yeah. Yeah. and then you'll your righteous steps will be led, and you'll find it. I believe that. I, I think Absolutely. that's powerful. Right it there. is powerful. And Scott Webb said that day that you cannot have faith without a vision. No. And that's kind of what you're backing up here and saying is yeah. you've got to just get the vision. And then that faith arises to to implement it and, you know, have it come alive in your life. Because the desire that you have, I mean, if you're saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and you got the mind of Christ and you're following the things of God, he will give you. We used to kind of do a little play on words about he'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. He'll also, he'll, that means whatever your heart desires, but he will also give you the desire themselves. Like what is the desire? Yeah. And so uh, obviously it's not something that's going to be sinful or against the word. Right. So you can save yourself that email. <laughs> we got it. We're good here. But on the other hand, um, the, um, the desire will sometimes open a door for you mm-hmm. where you're finding purpose that you didn't know you had. Can I give a testimony? Sure. Is that um, on the third time the Lord forced me to move back to Oklahoma, <laughs> <laughs> which I obeyed and went to Tulsa, and we uh, uh, were looking for a home. You know, we're going to buy a home and and everything and. Uh, I don't know where, because some people, you know, hey, don't judge somebody's desire by your desire. Yeah. Some people, they want a brand new home in a brand new neighborhood and a brand new suburb and, you know, and that's their lifestyle sure. and that's what they want or whatever, but somebody else's desire. Well, I had already, de- I uh, had desired uh, a, a historical home in a historical neighborhood, mm-hmm. which in, if it's the right historical neighborhood, it costs more money. Right, yeah, and um, you know, like you know, you get less square footage for the money, but it's it's the right neighborhood, as we say. And so there was a neighborhood, and there's a neighborhood in Tulsa. You know, it's called the Oil District, and it's it's since it's, it was built in the 20s, it's over 100 years old now. Yeah, and since it was built in the 20s, uh, has been you know every now and then there will be a whole estate still intact with the gates and everything, mm-hmm. and from the uh, oil boom days and uh, beautiful uh, examples of architecture sure. well uh you know we wanted this we wanted a historical house a long story short 
we ended up following our desire. God made it possible through a series of miracles to get uh, a 1928 Tudor, not a mansion, not a Tudor mansion, but a Tudor house, nice size house. And um, it was more money than we'd ever spent on real estate or whatever, but the Lord provided and we got it. Okay, long story short there. But having that house, we ended up hosting some, some, uh, you know, uh, little uh, dinner parties and things there for some very affluent people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like famous people, yeah. like, uh, you know, um, what we call old money or, or, you know, very influential mm-hmm. billionaires actually. Yeah. That wasn't long that we had gotten this house and uh, had it decorated and everything. And it was, you know, it was, I mean, it was vintage. Everything, you know, was a certain look. Mm-hmm. Well, we, well, I've had preacher friends tell me, I wouldn't want this house if you gave it to me. You know, they just <laughs> didn't want an old house, but we wanted a house in that neighborhood. Yeah. Well, as it turns out, we invited some people uh, to come um, that were from they everything they have is old (laughs) 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 but really good quality you know really really cool and uh so they this this uh especially this one couple came and they said i want you to know that your house is in the right neighborhood and it's (laughs) the right style and it's the right everything you know and and uh it made such an impression on them that they invited us to their one of their old houses (laughs) which is like beyond anything i can describe and um that opened a relationship with that family Mm -hmm. that changed the course of of my life and ministry and mission and 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 to this day continues isn't that interesting Mm -hmm. that just now occurred to me mm-hmm. having the desire to get that instead of something more sensible right because we knew it was going to cost more it was going to cost more to maintain it mm-hmm. and the insurance is higher you have to go to lloyd's of london or whatever yeah. i mean it's just like you know it was sort of from a just total practical point of view there wasn't a lot of practicality about it yes but from a viewpoint of what it represented and and how it, we, we were presented in it Yes. Led to this amazing relationship. Right. Uh with uh, with other people. Yeah. That helped us to hone mm-hmm. our purpose. Right. Makes sense? Oh yeah. And so, I've had it happen to me too. Yeah. Well, just the other day. Yeah. Um, David had gotten a, a car and he asked the Lord about it because he really liked it, but he didn't want to, you know, be, be ridiculous. Off ostentatious. Ostentatious. <laughs> not Well, anyway, you know what I mean. And so um, the Lord said, no, that's the car you need. And so, um, you know, several things have happened. But one thing that happened, we drove up to a lunch place. We were out doing errands and we drove up to a lunch place. And the owner of this restaurant, which has really been there a long time and uh, kind of famous restaurant. Yeah, a chef. um, He came out and he said, is this your car? Yeah, <laughs> and he knew the type and you know everything about the car and was really interested in it and of course met david met me and uh you know we struck up a, a friendship and 
to the point that he asked for our phone number. He, yes. He said he had uh, has political events at his uh, restaurant that he would like. The to, governor comes. Yeah, and uh, mayor, and he would like to invite us to that. And and so, what I don't think he would have come out if we were in an old beat up. Pinto. You know, right. No, I just don't think he would have bothered. If you drive a beat up Pinto, God bless you. I'm just saying it no. probably won't open very many doors for you. Well, and and you know, it's just interesting how those things that you sense in your heart yeah. the lord says get the car or yeah. like you get that yeah. house you know that it can connect you with people that you need to be connected to yes they need you in their life and you need them yes and sometimes the affluent boy people, that's the truth sometimes the affluent people are overlooked in christianity oh they're they're trivial trivialized uh, almost people roll their eyes like well it wasn't for their money, blah, 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 you know? Right. And they're not treated with, with even the respect you just normally treat anybody with. Right. Almost, they're almost mistreated. Yeah. Look down on. And, um, you know, the up and outers, uh, can be very sad because they many yeah. times have everything the world can offer, but they don't have Jesus yeah, or right. they don't have the word. And we've seen in, you know, in our lifespan, how many have committed suicide? How many have, you know, oh, or lost their to. minds? Right. So um, we need to be aware that we're to minister to all economic groups. Yes. The the poor, of course, but the rich, too. <laughs> you know, it's interesting how we. Well, and even in uh, certain arenas like entertainment world and everything. Yeah. The church pretty much writes them off as hopeless. Yeah. And 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 even when they get saved, they're still under contract. They have to do a show or something. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're too scantily clad for the first Pentecostal church of Baton Rouge or whatever. Right, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I it's like they... They they like they like. Well, I thought they had. I thought they got saved, and now I saw her out, and her leg was hanging out. You know, it's like, give me a break. Yeah, really. Are you really that dumb about it? Right. Yeah. You know, um, man. I read a thing. I should not be on Facebook, but I read a <laughs> a thing on Facebook. A certain Pentecostal denomination. I won't say which one. But one of them, they said, what happened to our church? We used to preach against wearing wedding bands and uh, women wouldn't cut their hair and their dresses were down to their ankles. And that's where we need to get back to. And I'm thinking, why? <laughs> oh, no. Of course, now see, if this person was watching this today, it would say, you're going to hell. And I'd be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to hell because I'm uh, a child of God. I don't, children of God don't go to hell. Well, that's true. So what we're really saying today. We what want, are we really saying? We want to encourage you to broaden your vision, to uh, imagine and, and uh, think. And, you know, it's good just to take time to think. And sometimes. wear lipstick. <laughs> It doesn't hurt to fix up either. I've, what I've noticed, I told David the other day, I said to women, and now I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about just women in general yeah. in the United States. Do they have any makeup anymore? 
And do they have a curling iron or a straight? Not, yeah. I, I mean, they don't even do their hair or wear makeup. They look like they've shown up to dig a hole in the backyard, you know. It's just amazing to me. But anyway, so have a vision for your personal uh, upkeep and yep. appearance, right? So have some self-respect. i tell you one thing I've noticed is people treat you nicer when you look nicer. They do. Generally, you know, they at the do. grocery store, at the dry cleaner. Yep. So uh, you might keep that in mind, too. But... <laughs> Well, unless you don't care. If you don't no. care, you don't care. If you don't care, right. we don't care. We're not codependent here. But we are trying to help you. <laughs> if you want help. Yeah. We're trying to offer some tips on victorious living. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So. Charlotte's Tips on Victorious Living, <laughs> Session 14. Oh, wear lipstick. Wear lipstick. <laughs> My mother, she would not let me go out of the house without lipstick. Yes. She'd say, where's your lipstick? Oh, uh, no. Where's your fingernail polish? So. Well, Lord, I had to I had to have my hair fixed and my, you know, combed and, and a little bro cream. Yeah. And I had to have my shoes polished and, yeah. or, and my shirt pressed and, you know, everything. Yeah. From the time I can remember. Sure. People say, well, they're just kids. They don't need to wear anything nice. And I'm thinking, that's a mistake because then you'll never get them into anything well, nice, you true. know. It's true. Yeah. That's another episode. <laughs> it's called self respect Our codependent series <laughs> will tell you how to live. <laughs> oh, it's not bad, though, to have a vision <laughs> of what you want to be right. in your just your personal life. But praise God, I guess we'll bring this to a close. Okay. We could go on and on, couldn't we? Well, I'll tell you, uh, there, you know, there is a thing there, a, a, a connection on vision. Uh, Pastor David Crank, I think he's gone on to be with the Lord, but he was in St. Louis. And he talked about um, when he was starting in ministry, he didn't have very nice shoes. His shoes were, you know, on the less expensive, less quality side of it. Yeah. But he had a vision for the best shoes they made. There was one of the brands, I don't know, Johnson and Murphy or something, you know, so right. a really good shoe company. And his shoes were basically from a discount store. And he said some of them were not even, they weren't even leather. They were kind of a pleather, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pleather shoes. But he said, I read how to take care of quality shoes. And he said, by faith, I bought, I, he said, I bought some shoe trees. And he said, I put the shoe trees in there and I polished these shoes mm. and I put them in little cloth bags. And when I packed to travel and he said, I started treating these shoes like I would treat, you know, expensive shoes. Wow. And he said, it wasn't long before I could afford and have whatever shoes I wanted. But, you know, there's a truth there. Yeah. And I've said that about your car. If you yeah. say, well, I just have this ratty car. Well, it could be old, it could need repairs or whatever, but it doesn't have to be ratty. That's ratty true. is a is a condition of of um, uh, not caring for it. Yeah. And so I think it'll help your faith to thank God for whatever car you have, mm -hmm. wash it, yeah. vacuum it out, pick the trash up out That's of it, uh, get a cleaning cloth and clean the the dashboard and interior sure. and the windows and spruce it up and um in expectation of the the car you're believing God for. Believe same that. with your home. Yeah, same with your same house. with your clothing. 
you know mm-hmm. you say well i only have two dress shirts well iron them and sure make them look as good as they can look you know yeah. it just it'll make a difference it really will i had a friend that uh a family had a, a really nice ski boat and this friend just because he liked boats he would take care of it for them he would you know wash it out if they get yeah. finished with it and he would do just whatever it took to make it nice and help them uh park it in a certain yes. place and all this so uh, eventually they got tired of it and they were wondering what to do with it and the gentleman said why don't we give it to this guy yeah because he takes such good care of it uh-huh. and they ended up giving him that boat yeah that's I, I told a friend of mine who was a pastor uh, in a city in Alabama. He had a very nice car. Same same story. I'm not trying to up your story. No, no, just no, no. Adding, but um, no, I think it's the same story. Uh, he had a car that was beautiful. It was an Oldsmobile, and it was the uh, special edition, you know, anniversary, 75th anniversary of Oldsmobile or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had a it was a, a Cutlass, and it was it had the flags of the world around the special insignia. I mean, it was a really nice version of this car. Right. And of course, this guy was clean as a whistle and he kept everything just immaculate. And he said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I want another, he wanted a foreign brand, a certain one. I won't yeah. say what, cause that people lose their minds. But anyway, <laughs> um, he said that he wanted this one car and he said, so, I feel impressed with the Lord. I'm going to sow this car. It's paid off. It's paid for. I'm going to give this car to uh, somebody in the church. And he says, and I, I don't have I- I explicit instructions as to who. Now, mm-hmm. if you get explicit construction, uh, instruction, <laughs> if you get explicit instructions, on who it's for, you just obey and you don't ask questions. Right. But he didn't. He said, I just was looking for good good soil to plant the seed in mm-hmm. and i said well have, have you thought about who that might be and he said yeah he said there's a guy in the church and you know he's been volunteering he's been very faithful but i said well what's his car like now now here's a thought that he never had yeah i said what's his car like now and he says oh it's the worst car at the parking lot and he said it's i said well why is it worse he said well it's old and i said well it can be old and still not be the worst one. Yeah. Why? What's wrong with it? Well, I said, what's the interior like? He says, well, he's got a uh, chicken, chicken, <laughs> like Kentucky fried chicken boxes <laughs> on the floor and with a few French fries that didn't make it. And, you know, and uh, the back seat's full of clothing that needs to be washed. And you've seen people like that. Oh, yeah. They look like they're living in their car, even yeah. though they're not. Right just trashy so he said i i thought i i he said uh i said well let me tell you something about this car you're going to give him unless the lord tells you now that's different yeah but unless the lord tells you let me tell you this car you're giving him is going to look like that one in about three months yeah he said no i've babied this i've taken care of it i said is there another couple in the church that needs a new car but uh, tell me about them he goes, well, there is this other couple and they're just as faithful and they're working just as hard. And he said, um, I said, what's their car like? He says, well, two things. He said, one thing is uh, their car is old and needs replacing, but 
it's clean. I mean, you could eat off the floor and yeah. they polish it and wow. and they come to church with their shoes polished and everything looks nice. And he said, they're renting a house. And they asked the landlord, they said, um, some of this, can we paint the railing on the front of the house and make it look nicer? Can we plant flowers in the oh. yard? Can we, uh, you know, wash the windows? Can we do things that this little rental house needs? And yeah. the guy said, well, sure. There's not going to be any reimbursement and blah, blah, blah. You know, just kind of the landlord from hell. But yeah. anyway, they, they, he said, sure, you know, if you knock yourself out. I don't right. care what you do. And it's to his benefit. Sure. Because when they move out, it could yeah. rent, rent it for more, maybe. Yeah. But he said they're determined to live a good life, even though they don't really have very much money. I said, well, and that might be who you want to give your car to. How yeah. about reward, um, reward behavior instead of reward misbehavior? Right. And I think we've got a real problem with that in America now, where mm -hmm. we want to reward people that aren't even trying. Yeah. And those who are trying could use a leg up, could sure. use a, a, a boost, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. There's sure. my story. <laughs> well, and the Bible says if you're faithful over little, he'll make you Lord over much. Yes. So there's a, the law, the principle there of taking care of what you have and, yeah. and treating it properly. And, and uh, then that next step right. will go the same way. I used to preach in the worst ghettos in America. You know, Rosie Greer and I, we did tent yeah. meetings in Watts and different places. And sometimes we'd be right on the front grounds of a housing project that was really rough. Mm -hmm. Drug infested, drug dealer infested, murders every night, that kind of yeah. thing. And I would tell them, I said, you know, if you're living in government housing, don't curse the government that's providing the housing. Right. Number two, you make your unit an example of of of, of prosperity. Mm -hmm. You get you believe God for paint and say, well, they're supposed to paint it and they're not painting it. Well, you paint it yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get a bucket of paint. Sometimes they'll sell bucket, they'll sell a paint that somebody didn't even want and left behind. You can get that for cheap, yeah, you know. Sure. So get some paint, paint the walls, organize your kitchen you know yeah. spray for the roaches and right. you know clean up and and fix up and spruce up and if you got old beat up furniture get a get some white paint paint it all white to match it'll 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 brighten up yeah i mean you know make a make a silk purse out of a sow's ear exactly but then the whole time you can be believing god for the next apartment or the next home or something you know that's better right. but don't sit and curse and do nothing about your condition mm -hmm. and then say you're in faith for something better. No, you're not. Yeah. You're, you're, you're just not. Right. Yeah. For more helpful hints. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to pray for our audience? Yes. Later? Okay. I do. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your goodness, your Jesus. mercy, your grace. Lord, we thank you for the word and we thank you for. Uh, common sense as well. Yes. But Father, we thank you that uh, you've given us the mind of Christ, that we can think right and and um, and, and our actions can follow. Yes. We thank you for faith. We thank you for peace. We thank you for the finished work of Christ in our life that yes. just gives us the inspiration and the power to uh, have vision. And Lord, um, 
I believe you're downloading vision to us all the time, and we sometimes just don't take the time to hear it. And I thank you, Lord, that you are you are um, doing that. And help us to be, help us by the Holy Spirit to be more sensitive yes. to those things. And we don't have to question, well, I wonder why I'm supposed to buy that. I'm wondering why I'm supposed to live there. I'm wondering why I'm supposed to wear this today. I thank you, Lord, that we will just almost blindly obey and follow you. Amen. And we'll see the hand of the Lord. Lord, we thank you that if there are those that have needs in their physical body, I thank you that. Uh, for your healing touch today, your healing power, those that are having mental uh, torment, I thank you that their minds are freed and full of the peace of God. Yes. And that folks that say, I, I don't know where to turn, I don't know what to do, uh, I have so many problems, I thank you, Lord, that you lead them yes. on paths of righteousness. And even if they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they fear no evil. For you are with us. Your Amen. rod and staff comfort us and give us peace. And we give you glory and honor and praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless you and write the vision. <laughs> Make it plain. Make it plain. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us. And I just want to let you know that these Women of Substance podcasts are the first and third Fridays of every month. So we do two a month just to encourage and empower you and inspire you. Tell other people about them when you listen to them and it means something to you. Let some other people know about it because we really want to get the word into women's hearts that they are significant, they're important to God, and they can do what he's called them to do. If you would like to donate to Women of Substance podcast. Uh, we appreciate your support because it does cost finances to get these done, and we uh, appreciate any support. Uh, we've had probably about 30,000 listeners, and uh, it's just so exciting to hear people tell me, Scarlett, I, I heard this interview, or I heard your teaching on this, and it really helped me. It, it brought me to a place of faith when I was struggling or, you know, a situation that um, it, it got me through that situation. So um, if you would like to contribute also, you can do that by going to scarlethorton.com. Also, if you need prayer, uh, we would love for you to write prayer requests. We love to pray and we'd love to pray for any needs that you have at office at scarlethorton.com. Also contact us. We have a Grace and Faith magazine that we put out usually once a quarter and it gives information about Horton Ministries. My husband, David Horton and I travel overseas a lot. We give reports of where we've been and the many people that have gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, the miracles that God does. And I know that you would love to read that magazine as well. So let us know if you'd like it. And then we want to invite you if you're in the Tampa Bay area on vacation or maybe you live down here and you didn't know that there is a word of faith grace church called grace harvest church and it's in holiday and uh, we would love to have you come we have services uh, sunday morning at 10 and wednesday night at 7 so i know that you would love our church 
Then also on our website, we have a lot of faith building resources. David has written some books and I've written a book and a workbook. And then we have some new books coming out very soon. So uh, these resources would help you and they're uh, scarlethorton.com and you can go on and see those if you would like to purchase those. And then if you would like to book us for an event, any kind of conventions or conferences, we love to minister and travel and preach as well. So uh, we'd love to do that. Again, if you need prayer, don't hesitate. We know God hears and answers prayer. God bless you.